Rajni, what's wrong? Tom, I have a script and I don't know what to do with it. Should I burn it? Feed it to my cat? You need some writer's group therapy. Hello and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. And if you like what you hear, make sure you go on iTunes and give us a review because positive reviews are just positively lovely. So today, today, let's talk about the resurgence of nostalgia TV. Oh my gosh, when they announced upfronts and everything, like how many shows are coming back from the dead? Yeah, I feel like my childhood has come back to haunt me. <laughs> Which in some ways it's a good thing. I mean, there's some shows that I loved, uh, you know, from the 80s that are coming back that I'm pretty interested to see how they do. And, you know, as a writer, um, you have a connection to those shows because they're part of your youth or your teenage or college years or whatever it is. And it kind of gets you excited, like, wow, I could actually write for that show that kind of inspired me, you know, decades ago to become a writer. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how many, uh, you know, I guess I call it nostalgia TV has kind of awakened. I think in part because Roseanne did so well in its first season. Now, obviously, at the time of, of this recording, it has now been axed. But Not because was, of quality or ratings, though. So No, no. But it did so well in its first season, I think every other producer was like, well, let's greenlight this and let's greenlight that. And so, I mean, like Party Five is getting redone. What is it? Miami Vice. Uh, MacGyver is getting redone. Magnum so P.I. Oh, Mag maybe it was Magnum P.I. It was P. Magnum P.I. Charmed, okay. Cagney and Lacey, Fame. Uh, the Gong Show, I heard. That sounds weird, but hey, why not? The Gong Show, I think, has been around for a while. I've seen breakdowns for that. Did for it? Oh. Yeah. I mean, this, this isn't new this year, of course. It's just kind of, I think it's a little bigger this year. But like last year, we had Lost in Space on Netflix, which was really cool. Fuller House has been back for a season or two. Mm -hmm. Yep. Heroes has come back a couple times. X-Files was back again. So is it? Is it kind of like the, the you know people talk about the movies how they just keep recycling things or is it because people really want them or is it because they think they can do them cool and better now? You know that's a really good question. My thought on when there's nostalgia properties coming up is because kind of like what you see on Broadway, they know they have a hit already. So that's why let's do Shrek on Broadway. Let's do Anastasia on Broadway because we already know that people love those properties. So why not just add a few more songs and a little bit more dialogue and call it good. So I think that's part of the reason behind it. And some of the premise, uh, premises, premise I <laughs> for some of the shows are, are interesting. Like party of five is being remade with a Latino cast and instead of mom and dad dying, mom and dad got deported, which actually changes also a lot of how the storylines are going to be, right? Because mom and dad are still alive. So it'll be interesting. I think part of it is also maybe there really is nothing new under the sun. I hate to say it, but I think they're kind of like, oh, well, we knew it did so well in the 90s. Why not? This generation hasn't seen it yet. Of course. Yeah, the generational change that Disney, you know, kind of, uh, you know, did that whole generational thing when they started pulling their movies off the shelves and then bringing them back every seven years because they had a fresh batch of, you know, parents with new kids and kids, you know, who wanted to share it with their kids. It's maybe it's kind of like that. Um, the, you know, for better or for worse, um, 
you know, there were some that, that hit better than others. They tried to redo Wonder Woman as a TV show again last year and that they did the pilot and it didn't get picked up. I think the X-Files, I love the X-Files. I watched it, you know, when it was new and I feel like the new seasons didn't quite have the, they didn't bring in a new audience in, in that respect. It was really kind of like, hey, we know we've got a fan base. We can get, you know, a couple million viewers an episode. So let's give it a shot. And whereas there's some shows that are so distant from when they aired originally, like Lost in Space, the new Netflix show. I mean, that hasn't been on TV since it aired originally in the 60s. And the um, except for the one movie they did that kind of flopped. Um, in the, I guess it was the early 2000s, you know, the Matt LeBlanc, uh, Heather Graham, Lacey Chabert, Lost in Space. Oh, I didn't even know there was one. <laughs> you don't even remember no. that one. That's how bad no. it was. Um, I mean, it was okay. But, uh, but I mean, I still actually have it. I think I have it on DVD somewhere. I liked it. I, it was fun. But it wasn't perfect. But it was nostalgic. And so, you know, everyone wanted to see, oh, what are they going to do with this? Then there's some nostalgic that is kind of weird. Like when they redid Starsky and Hutch with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson as a movie, it it was like a comedy. Like it was making fun of itself. And I didn't really care for that. I mean, there's some cross. I mean, when you're talking about now TV being made in movies, Charlie's Angels comes to mind. The first one I thought was hilarious. The second one, not so great. The first one, though, was really fun to me. And it was tongue in cheek. And they totally made fun of the fact that they were taking a TV show and making it into a movie and what's up with this kind of thing. But you brought up an interesting point a little bit ago about nostalgic properties. When they came out in the beginning, they were really cutting edge for us. X-Files was really cutting edge for us when it first came out. Mm -hmm. You know, even MacGyver and all those other shows, they really hit a sweet spot at that time in history, in the way we view things, Murphy Brown, I think that one is also making a comeback. That one really hit a, a, a sweet spot when it was there in the 80s and 90s. It'll be interesting to see how today's audiences who view the world differently, I feel like today's audiences don't have that same naivete, but kind of want it, if that makes sense. So it'll be interesting to see how they react to some of these shows i think there's a i think there's a little bit of optimism on the network side of oh well this is a big deal before i'm sure people will watch it again and i think i think they're a little bit surprised when people don't i was i was actually surprised fuller house was such a big hit i i mean i remember watching it as a, you know and it was in like in the 80s mm -hmm. and it was so cheesy even then and i feel like i, I haven't actually watched the newer one but i i it makes me kind of interested to take a look at it because it's doing so well. It got renewed again. How how many times can you recycle stuff like that? And and like you said, does it need to be fundamentally different? Like you said, Party of Five, that's a huge shift from the original story. Uh, Lost in Space was actually a pretty big shift from the original story. Obviously, back in the 60s and 70s, there was a whole different um, uh, family structure, you know, gender roles, like... Um, uh, the mother on the on the show in the 60s was literally a mom. She took care of the kids. She did the dishes. She cooked the food. It was very stereotypical. And in, in the new version, it's obviously completely different, you know, and there's, you know, different dynamics between the family members. There's a blended family. There's, you know, all these different things that happen. So it's, it really reflects our current, you know, uh, social, you know, structure and, and issues. 
Um, so that's really cool. So I think that really helped it, you know, kind of actually it was less cheesy. It wasn't really wasn't that cheesy at all. It was very cool sci-fi stuff. So can they do that with all these other shows, you know? You bring up an interesting point, though, with Fuller House. You bring up a really interesting point because I did watch the first season. I haven't caught uh, the second season or anything beyond that because I don't have a Netflix subscription anymore. But it it is cheesy. It is so cheesy. But that is a show that knows its branding and does not deviate. It it brings back all the catchphrases. It brings back all the cheesy one-liners and all the yuck yucks to the camera. Everything, even the outdated let's sing the Flintstone songs and all this stuff. It's so it does not deviate from its original formula. And I think that's why it works. And the Charmed is one of the ones that's coming back this year. And that's interesting because that didn't end that long ago. And it's already coming back in a reimagined form. Versus Murphy Brown, like you were talking, that actually I think is coming back as literally picking up her life years later with the same actor, same storyline. It's not a reboot. It's a continuation. So that's kind of a different way to bring something back. Which would make sense. Will and Grace, that one came back. Actually, I had a really, uh, I went to a Writers Guild event yesterday and I had a really interesting talk with a lady in line who's also a writer who was watching the new Will and Grace. And she said she loved the original, but for some reason, the new one just didn't work. And it's not that the actors aren't good, but she said, I was more interested in the peripheral characters than in the main storyline. And I, I have to wonder, I haven't caught the new Will and Grace. I used to watch the old one, but it was, again, cutting edge in its day, you know, gay man, straight woman, roommates and all the shenanigans they get into. But we have a lot of storylines now with gay people, so it might not be as groundbreaking. A lot of stories are coming back with gender roles being switched, too. Like I said, on uh, Lost in Space, the mom is kind of the commander of the mission and the astrophysicist and the scientist and the, well, you know, the brains of the, the outfit. And the uh, uh, MacGyver turned out to be like a team thing instead of a solo guy. You know, and that was kind of weird. It really didn't, I didn't feel that worked well, but it's doing okay. Yeah. Now, is, is there one? Is there any of the new shows that are coming out that are, are you're like, oh wow, I love that show. I would love to write for that show. Like, is this like an opportunity for you? Like, oh my god, this is perfect. Oh, that's a really good question because to me, a lot of the shows that are coming out, I remembered watching them, but I wasn't, I wasn't so enamored of them that I'm like, oh my gosh, I I love this show. It's been my dream to work on this show. I, although to be fair, I think a lot of it was too, when these shows were out, I was still really into cartoons. So, <laughs> I mean, I did watch these live action shows. I remember them, but I was at an age where it might not have had such a bearing <laughs> on my life. So you just really want to write for My Little Pony is what you're saying. Pretty much. I'm still stuck in that. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think like, like my sister, I know really loved Party of Five. I remembered watching Murphy Brown. I think we talked about that controversial episode in a previous podcast. Uh, I'm trying, you know, honestly, I think the only show that I would ever from my childhood that I would have been like, I need to write for this would be SNL. And that one is obviously still going. (laughs) Yeah. How about for you? I'm more, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see what they do with heroes this season. I, I've always been really interested in that, uh, kind of, uh, 
heroes as a metaphor for actually racism is what it is. You know, people afraid of people with superpowers. They've kind of done some of that with the uh, Marvel shows with the Jessica Jones and the Luke Cage kind of stuff. So those kinds of, you know, the resurgence of the superhero genre in a new light of our current, you know, current environment is kind of, uh, you know, with the diversity and with, you know, racism and I think is a really uh, cool way to deal with those kind of topics. Science fiction always is a really great way to put a mirror against society, but doing it in a way that everyone can kind of, you know, get. I will say, though, if a show, I don't remember how a lot of these shows ended, but if if a show ended with a definitive ending, I think they should just sort of leave it as is instead of reopening it and being like, oh, you know, but here's really what happened. Like, don't retcon anything. Don't negate your canon. Just be happy with the ending. That's how I feel. I can't remember, though, if a lot of these shows actually had definitive endings, though, or if they just kind of faded off the air. Well, the gong show ended with a gong, usually. Well, so there you go. Gong. There you go. <laughs> so how about for you guys? What nostalgic property are you super excited to see back this fall? Let us know on Twitter at WG Therapy. You can also find us online at writersgrouptherapy.com. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with your friends. We'll see you next week.